The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. Also, damn you, uh, Funk, for changing TweetDeck so that it can't be used anymore unless you pay for it. Screw you, man. Oh, no. Screw you. Oh, no. Yeah, that happened today. So, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Now I'm just back to regular old, (laughs) regular regular Twitter either way. Unless somebody comes up with an alternative, which I guess they can't do. Either way... The sound effects and verse you just heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore seven on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the borough of Kings. You know I had to keep Brooklyn on the Indeed. I'm actually also on Hive, but that's I don't know if anybody's actually still using that. Uh, so it is what it is. And I don't uh, use it all that much, so that's saying something. But, folks, this has been the comic book chron- Well, this is, excuse me, we ain't over yet. We just started it. <laughs> um, it feels like we've been recording for a week because we were just on. I know, right. And then we, and we've been talking for the last, like, what, half hour to an hour or so. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> feel like we've kind of been doing some things. But, folks, this is uh, the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today! You can also find us on your podcast producer place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Chia. Um... You could also find us recording every Thursday night, which I should probably just save this for later in the show, but I'll say this now anyway. Um, YouTube.com slash TheClickNation and Twitch.tv slash Cumberbund Chronicles every Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are recording live. Yeah. And we're actually recording live on a Thursday, even though, like I just said, we had just finished recording a couple of days prior to this. So uh, it's more than a few days. It's honestly more than a few days. Four but days. It feels like yeah. we were just recording. Or five. I guess five days technically, but yeah. Um, it was four days when I sent it off. <laughs> that was because I was doing it. Um, but yeah. So sometimes it be like that, folks, because you know things happen, and it wasn't even movie protocol at this point. It was pretty much hip hop. Hip hop all yes. day. Yes. 
you know. Yes, happy birthday again, hip hop. Indeed, indeed. So, and we're still kind of, well, let's face it, we, we are hip hoppers uh, for life, so we, we will never actually fully come off of the high of this, but <laughs> we can get to a lower, right. we can get to a low bass tone at the very least. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Get to a boom bap, as, as some would say. Ah. Um, but we are here to talk about comics and uh, in relation to, well, I was about to say in relation to hip hop, but because I know that will probably come up at some point. Uh, but before we get into some actual books of the week, we're actually going to do a little um, chatting about uh, a show that both Agent Seven and I are caught up on, and it is a quite delightful show, as I must, I might say, because I just finished, I just got caught up myself. Actually, I'll, I'll put in another show um, when we finish. But My Adventures uh, with Superman is the show we are not caught, well, we record on Thursday, and new shows come out on Friday, so we haven't seen this week's episode yet, but we are caught up on every, all, all of the past seven, which has been some pretty good stuff, especially the last yeah. episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Very quickly. And I think we've said this before, right? What they've done is reimagined the trio of Clark, Lois, and Jimmy into relatively current times mm-hmm. and they've reimagined their dynamic as friends as even lovers early on yes we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> right so it's a, it's a very interesting reimagining and 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 updated portrayal uh you know <coughs> excuse me folks I wanted to mention that, um, you know, social media does play a role in this, you know, in, you know, within the show. And there's even some updates to characters, you know, some overt relationships that are established, like between, <coughs> sorry, folks, between Monsieur Mala and the brain. Yes. In, in episode six. So I'll let Rodicat carry on and I will mute and drink some water. So, yeah, on that particular... Now, this that particular dynamic has been something that has been... I would almost say toyed with within, the, with, uh, in, within animated regions because especially on, like, say, early on in um, Young Justice, if I remember correctly, and, and I can't remember Justice League, but definitely Young Justice. Um, but they pretty much took took it with uh to the let's just say the logical extent of that relationship um between those two which if you did not know and i'm not gonna sit here and act like i know a whole lot about dc a lot of dc characters specifically uh right. mr mala and the brain and, and um and uh wait is it the brain of mr mala is or or is mr mala the brain I don't remember. <laughs> I, yeah, either way, um, their their dynamic was was pretty close, uh, and, and like I said, and it, it is pretty cute in this particular story. And they don't really play them. Spoiler alert for that for that episode, which was from last week. But they don't necessarily play them as bad guys, but right. um, as they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're not overtly villainous, right? Like they're basically like. <laughs> You almost get, bump mad scientists. Yes, 
basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you could almost hear them say, "We're just trying to survive in a world that fears and uh, fears and hates us." Almost their ex- style, <laughs> yeah. Their ex- yeah. <laughs> so, and matter of fact, there were mutants in that sh- in that particular show. So I feel like there was a more overt uh, reference to that than, than we we may or may not know. But I I don't know that for certain. Um. But regardless, and that kind of opened up the door to the last episode, which is episode seven uh, as of this recording, where they opened up the multiverse, (laughs) you might as well say. But not only that, they opened up the multiverse, but they pretty much opened the door to, um, well, I guess they they started down the road to Lois and Clark's relationship. Uh, which right. they had already been teasing since from the get go, kind of, because they've been kind of playing footsies here and there, and then something happened during the last episode, and, you know. But now they're kind of on par, so it was like they've pretty much out the gate hit the ground running on some things, but also not. In other words, like we got Clark, we got, you know, he he's co- pretty much coming into his own as Superman. He doesn't know his full extent. He doesn't even know where he's coming, where he comes from yet. In which, you know, in prior iterations of the of uh, of animated sources, he has by now. Right. So, he's pretty much coming into it with with the audience. And they're also doing something different to where uh, which is actually kind of interesting uh, in a way. They're tying things that are going around, going or uh, going around in the world to him, because there's a bunch of tech that's floating around, and I'm going to, I, I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident that they're going to say it's Protonium, because they've been, yeah. been kind of tap dancing around it for this whole time. Yeah, that's another way they've kind of revised. Uh, the Superman story mm-hmm. is that a lot of the tech that's floating around and a lot of the tech that creates his villains is Kryptonian based. Mm-hmm. Right. And, including a, a certain, um, assassin who is normally associated with, um, with the bat, uh, is and the Titans play. and the Titans. Yes. Is, is in play in this, film, uh, during this thing who is also associated with, um, Actually, yeah, the the whole speaking of the guests, because the, they brought up Cadmus during that um, Brain and Mr. Masala episode. I was like, okay, so there's a there's a thing. Like, are we going to eventually get like uh, Connor or something? Probably not, or anytime soon. But they already, you know. I mean, we're probably going to get Suicide Squad because they've already brought up Task Force X, right? And that's what I was getting to and, before I mentioned yeah. that, right? Yeah, I love that that uh, uh, Roddy Cat had a slip of the tongue and called him Mister Monsieur M- Marsala. So no, I'm no, like, right. so is he? So, so is, is Roddy Cat fiending for Indian food right now? Um, anyway, I could go for uh, some curry any day, almost. But yeah, listen, I could too. <laughs> I could too. I just kind of, I kind of chuckled at that. I'm like, oh, okay. There's a little, you know, yeah, uh, it happens every that time that character might be hungry. Right, right. There's a hint that who might be hungry right now. Folks. Right. Uh, the, yeah. Every every uh, every time that character comes up, I always kind of that 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 slip is almost bound to be there. But. um so yeah, like I said, the, the liberties they are taking with the, this iteration of um, of uh, Superman, it's almost anime, and and I feel like the inspiration is there, even in the art style, which is you know pretty much contra- close to it. And I think I've said this before is that the art style is kind of reminiscent of the Voltron Netflix show. Yes, yeah, yeah, you have mentioned that. That so that's yeah, I think you're spot on with that. 
Mm-hmm. So there, and and the, even the tone of the show is kind of taking a similar. I'm not sure if it's the same company behind it or whatnot, but I feel like the tone of the show is kind of there. Um, and we also got seeds of uh, a, a certain big bad who's uh, who is is probably looking around in the background somewhere. But um, you know, we they're taking their time with that. I don't know how many episodes we're going to get in the season. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they're you know they they've already pretty much opened up, given us uh, you know uh, the main characters' you know opening uh, inspirations. There is going to be a couple more revelations to be had, and just like in certain iterations of things, like who knows what about who they pretty much kind of got rid of that out the gate early, also almost in an MCU type fashion, <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, well, so, so, you know, secret identities are overrated, I guess. Not really, but hey, you know, I don't know if they were going to be able to tease that out too much longer the way things were, the way they were going with it. But also, like I said, everything is, is serving a purpose here, and it's been pretty good so far. I've been enjoying um, the heck out of it. Like I said, especially the last uh, episode, if you haven't seen it with the, with I'm let um, Agent Seventy talk a little bit about, about who is involved with that, because I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> whereas, uh, oh, whereas classically he, you know, uh, they have they have pronounced a, a name that he uh, comes up that comes up in Superman Mythos, um, and I guess by by proxy this is the Super Friends comes up quite often, but has been pronounced different ways. Yeah, you know what? They went really hard on this particular pronunciation this episode. Like, you could hear everyone enunciating the name. Mm-hmm. It's like they were just getting every syllable, a syllable every letter on that one. <laughs> right. And, you know, and it's funny because I watched it and I, and I messaged Roddy Cat, you know, uh, off the air, behind the scenes. And when he finally got around to it, Roddy Cat could not help but agree that yes, they really went at it hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they really want people to know that this is how 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 it is. I'm like, all right, we get it. I'm still going to call him the, the 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 quote unquote the classic name, but right. um, but yes, you know, I, I'm glad they they have it out there because I know that has been a thing that has come up every other moon or so. It's like, how do you pronounce right. dude's name? Because you only see it. You you realistically only see it, and you rarely ever hear it, you know. And the only two other times you ever hear it is with certain versions of Superman when they're trying to, <laughs> or the Super Friends when they're trying to get him to say his name backwards or something. Right, right. I want to say they had the pronunciation on Adventures of Superman, probably. So I think so, because I remember, I hate to say this, and this is obviously very revealing about some of my college life, but I remember a particular friend of mine who was on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the, the weekly comic book trip, com- comic book store trip, right. was a, a big DC fan. And I, and I remember this debate on how to pronounce it because I kept trying to say, I kept using uh, the super friends as, uh, uh, as proof that <laughs> that was the way to pronounce it. Yes. As, as we have a certain vintage do. Right. And he was obviously the same vintage, so he understood, but I, I want to say he probably, I think he had like a different source that had a, a different pronunciation. And I think I want to say some comic book writer came out and said, 
you know, the use the pronunciation that we heard in this past week's episode. Right. Okay, so I just pulled up. I'm not going to play it just yet, but I just pulled up a video. No, wait. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Hold on. Uh, it's going to. Yeah, never mind. Um, it's going to. It's going to uh, give a um, a thing first. But of course, there are pronunciation videos out there, and um, <laughs> uh, I I'm curious as to what they might say. Sure. Mr. Mixie Spitlick. Yeah, that's not right Mr. either. Mr. Mixie Spitlick. That's kind of close to what they say, though. Yeah. Mr. Mixie Spitlick. I think she's going a little, yeah, she's kind of emphasizing part that they don't. Yeah, the, the S part, yeah. Yeah. But, but it's pretty much similar. Yeah. And actually, hold on. I'm sorry, this is derailing the show. <laughs> nuts, nuts, nuts! Okay, no, that's shout out to Gilbert Gottfried. Right, that was the adventures with that was the, the animated series uh, version of uh, <laughs> uh, of Mr. Plick. So anyway, uh, so just not to belabor that. Um, it's some good stuff. If you haven't had a chance to check out my adventures uh, with Superman. Because it's a it's a pretty good uh, version of the show. Yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out. It is pretty at this point very kid friendly too. Mm -hmm. So you know, younger viewers are able to watch this so far. You know, there's not much. You know, the the, the violence is very animated and not very you know uh, graphic. So it's very very I think kid friendly so far. Yeah, totally, totally. And like that, also has a, a bit of an anime feel to it. So if, for, for those who uh, you know are one way about uh, about it, you know, I mean, at this point, the cross section of anime fans and and and, and um, superhero fans is, is you know kind of kind of joined at a point. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the the, the influence of uh, Japanese anime animation has has, has you know really entrenched itself in all of animation so we're mm -hmm. bound to see unless they're overtly trying to maintain a non-anime look we're bound to see some influences right and speaking of which uh if we are finished with superman yes uh i'm going to talk very briefly about uh mech cadets now we recorded a couple of a few days ago and I've, i'm pretty much Reiterating, reiterating some of the things I've said uh, then, but I have at least uh, watched an episode and a half or a, a bit. Oh wait, well I, I'll tell you, I, I was something I was going to say about the Superman real quick uh, was that uh, as I was telling Agent Seventy is the the dude who plays Clark Kent, Clark Kent Superman is the same one who plays Boimler on Star Trek Lord Dex, and he kind of sounds similar in both. You know, there's a little inflection differences and whatnot in, between the different characters, but it pretty much sounds. Similar to the same, and as Agent Seventy said before the show, like as people probably know, that's Dennis Quaid's and, and Meg Ryan's uh, son, which yeah, I wasn't Jack sure Quaid, about. Who also right, who is also a lead on the Boys, and he sounds right. exactly the same on the Boys, right? So, and I, yeah, and I remember him saying that before, but I've never watched the Boys, so it wasn't so um, there was that. But it's just kind of funny because I just finished watching uh, Star Trek Lord Dex or th uh, season three before going into finishing or uh, catching up on my adventures with Superman. 
And it was like, yeah, this is it's kind of crazy to hear, but also I was like, yeah, well, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could kind of you could kind of make a case for his Clark Kent and Superman. Superman doesn't sound that much different, also, which could potentially kind of put you in a in, in a way if you were of a certain vintage. Because let's face it, you could say that about some of the other ones, but at least some of the other ones we've we've had uh, been exposed to, right. I feel a little bit more like you can tell us a, a tone shift in the way they talk. Yeah. In certain cases. And this one is not as there as much. No, but, it's definitely not. It's no, it's noticeable that there's only a very slight, 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 sorry. Uh, didn't mean to hit that. Um, wasn't me as the song says, <laughs> but, um, uh, what should we call it? Uh, you know, I, it's like he started out trying to do the tone shift, but maybe now that certain things have happened in the show, there you know he he may be he may not be doing it as often. Let's say, right. or he may not have to given who he's around. I guess it, exactly, exactly. That's that that's what I that, that that's what I mean when I say that. Right. So either way, it's still kind of like well, I, I guess that's if if that is the way they're playing it, then sure it it kind of works, but it's also. Slightly off-putting to certain people, you know, or to, oh, yeah. to certain fans, I guess. Or could be, I should say. So, anyway, like I was saying uh, before I, I, I went off on that one, um, Mechadets. So, Mechadets is the um, uh, animated trend, uh, adaptation of Greg Park and uh, Takeshi Miyazawa's uh, Boom Studios book from 2017-2018. We talked about this, like I said, on the last show. Um, uh, it is now out on Netflix. Ten episodes for a season. I'm thinking. I don't know. Uh, uh, um, I, I don't know if there are plans for another season. But like I said, ten episodes are out there already. Uh, I watched a couple, and they have, as I was taking, telling Agent Seventy, they have definitely taken liberties with the the retelling of the story because there are some things that if you read, or especially if you read like I have fairly recently, make a debt you which is what they're ad- adapting, um, there are some very deep changes. There's some very, uh, I shouldn't say deep, that's, that's a little dramatic, but there's a lot of changes even starting off um, that are different from the book. Sure. Uh, which tends to happen when they're, when they're you know, when things get uh, adapted from a, a comic right, book right. or a manga or, you know, a manga into anime. Sometimes you get some extra stuff going into some, some filler or whatever because maybe they definitely kind of sort of accelerated a couple of times on timelines, but, and they definitely changed changed to some, they changed the character motivation. I'll say, cause I know agent 70 hasn't necessarily seen it, but uh, if he, if his memory of met cadet, you is still fairly strong. He'll not understand what I'm talking about right off the bat. Right. 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 So, right. Right. right, right. I look that, forward to finally starting it. I literally just, just before we started recording, Right. In our pre-production meeting, queued up uh, <laughs> that's on Netflix. So, you know, I will endeavor to watch it and not hike you for the 795th time this weekend. No, because you got movies coming up. So you can, I'm sure you can, you can, um, you can hold off on that until, <laughs> until one of them pop off. Um, right. But yeah, the, um, outside of that, it's still pretty good. Like I said, for the basic stuff is still kind of there. Like, so they change the, the looks of characters. They change the uh, character motivation or 
or two. They even added another character that wasn't in the book, as I recall. Um, and I don't know what part they're going to play in the the grand stream things, but they they are there. Which again, like I said, sometimes in adaptation that 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 tends to happen, or sometimes heck, uh, in live action that tends to happen because you know Walking Dead has characters running around who died pretty early, but we're still going strong for a good while. So right, that tends to happen. It doesn't, as far as I can tell, it doesn't take away from things. It was just kind of jarring to me as as like I said, having just read the book. Going into Megadeth, which we talked about last uh, last show, um, it's it was kind of weird to see having it being that fresh in my mind, and you know, and seeing what they put on the screen. Sure, um, but hopefully, as I think Agent Seventy said, like last last time uh, last show, I would like to believe everything is going partially according to uh, Greg Park's vision, who right? I, who right. does have consulting? I think a consulting producer. Uh, credit on the show. I don't know if he's got executive also, but I would, but I would imagine he should, but I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, right. But, like I said, it is good stuff and it is good to watch. Uh, the animation style is pretty much like the Ultraman series that was on Netflix. It's probably the same people I can uh, almost try to say. And almost kind of like um, the Spider Into the Spider-Verse in a way, because it looks like it's at a different frame rate. Uh, almost noticeably in, in, in spots, but that's how some of that stuff kind of works out. That that's not a detraction. I'm just saying it's noticeable. So it's some good stuff if you get to you get a chance to watch it. If you know about, even if you don't know about um, Met Cadet, you honestly, if you're a fan, like I said last time, if you're a fan of um, like Gundam or Mecha anime stuff like that, I think you will like this. I can I can safely say that much for uh, uh, having seen the as much as I've seen. Like I said, they do kind of uh, just like with Superman, they do kind of hit the ground running on some stuff that that kind of comes later. But um, as, as far as uh, as far as I'm I, I'm telling, well, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't distract as much. It's just some of it's just kind of weird to see early, you know, before before you know it shows up. So. And that's okay. Met, yeah, and that's Met Cadets. Uh, on now, we're going to get into uh, some comic books. Yes, we're getting into the comic books of the week. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, and our first comic book of the week is Alpha Flight number one of five. This is a book that is being published in the wake of Fall of X. It's written by Ed Brisson, with art by Scott Godlewski. Colors are by Matt Miller, and letters are by VC's Travis Lanham. So, I really should pull this as a sound effect. I, I You know what? I need to write it down. Because you know what? That's what I do, folks, when I think of these things. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Guess what? This may very well be a surprise click of the week pick for me. It is in the running because of how this story is told. Without spoiling it, there is kind of a twist. Well, it's not a surprising twist, but it's a twist nevertheless. And you see a group of co essentially core Alpha Flight members acting against type for 
seemingly no good reason, and we find out that was not necessarily the case at the end. Yes. Um, as I told Agent 70, or as Agent 70 agreed with me at the, at the, in our pre-show, uh, this is definitely giving shades of uh, the original X-Factor. Right, we had, we had two different takes on it. Mm-hmm. Roddy Cat's take was that it was shades of the original X-Factor. I saw hints of the original Thunderbolts first issue. Right. Because of the last page reveal. Right. And I took that last from page reveal as the, the X-Factor stuff that I just mentioned. Which both could be, you know, both, both still work. In, in this right. in this case right both work in this in, in this situation so but uh but yeah i mean bottom line is you know i i rather enjoyed reading it because it was kind of fun kind of mm-hmm. reintroducing some alpha flight concepts you know bringing in characters um from outside of alpha flight and giving them some shine here like uh Dokken, who's now going by a different code name <laughs> yes uh, I, and i agree with puck about the name but hey right well i mean what's funny is that it's a it's a mantle. True. I guess that's true. It's a mantle. That's a character name that does not come from Earth, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It actually comes from uh, the Imperial Guard. Right. The Shi'ar, yeah. So it's it's interesting that uh, he would pick up that particular mantle or code name. And costume. Right. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird too. I was like, um, okay, sure. It's, I, I'm sure they're going to get into it, or maybe they won't. Um, right. I found it funny, although it, I guess I was wasn't sure about this at the beginning because it's Ed Brisson. Ed Brisson, as we to kind of know him, does a lot of action stuff. I believe he did the uh, uh, Aliens and or Predator books. Right. Um. I and I can't remember. I don't can't remember if he did Punisher at one point in time, but because he. His, a lot of his stuff reads kind of more action stuff and kind of gets into it. And not saying that there's no action here, so it was kind of funny that he was on this book. Because I was like, okay, so how are they doing... How does Alpha Fight Flight fit with his writing style? And turns out right. it worked pretty well. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. Not saying no, that Edison's one note, but, you know, it's like sometimes if you, if you see somebody writing or... if you. You get people writing a certain way, then you kind of get some of that. Like, we learned that lesson from Al Ewing with Immortal, because we knew him prior to Immortal uh, um, Immortal Hulk as being a little bit more, you know, jokey, fun, funny, funny stuff. But then he did, you know, Immortal Hulk, and I was like, whoa, this is more horror, you know, more more uh, kind of horror suspense type stuff. And I was like, like, that's quite different from him. So, right. you know. People can have range. It's not saying it's just that you get to you get to know a um you know a, a creator for a note, and you, you get to know them at that note. So that being said, yeah, Alpha Flight is a pretty good. It's a potential click of the week for for me as well. Like I said, the whole um whatever they're doing with the whole X Factor slash Thunderbolts thing is is kind of interesting. They're they're also it's pulling from Legacy uh, Alpha Flight. Um, Characters of which some I don't know because I was never really a big Alpha Flight fan. Like I, you know, right? Like I was about to say, I'm like Gamma Flight or Alpha Flight or Omega Flight. I was like, wow, this is deep cuts, man. Right. So it's like, uh, okay, even yeah, even down to you know a, a mutant that happens to come up who were who I guess was in hiding up until up until now, who's kind of on the run. I was like, wait, who is this person? Is this somebody new? 
No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, apparently not. And then they kind of mentioned it later on. It's all like, yeah, we're running in with old, running against old teammates. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, but just like the Avengers, the Alpha Fli- Alpha Flight has their own, um, or the front-facing version of Alpha Flight, I should say, has their own Gyric slash uh, Val. Um, I can't remember Val's last name. Cooper. Cooper. Thank you. Uh, I knew you would uh, you would have me on that one, but they, they pretty much have their own Cooper slash Gyric uh, uh, heading them up. I was like, yeah, you you couldn't get any more uh, overt <laughs> with that if you tried. So mm. we see what you're doing there, and we also get to find out where, um, at least some contingent of mutancy may possibly be, or or will be. Because we've been kind of been getting shades of that, especially with uh with um we know there are some, you know, on uh Araco and as of uh last week's uh Immortal, we know there are some somewhere. We don't still don't necessarily know where they are. Um but also, you know, thanks to Apple Flight, it's like we get we get there's uh, some others that are elsewhere, uh in a in a or it could be potentially some people some places elsewhere. Which kind of also goes back to uh, a current, uh, uh, a previous version of the next book that we're going to talk about in a minute, actually. Uh, right. So I don't know. Uh, that being said, you got anything else on Alpha Flight? No, 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 no. We can move on. But uh, like I said, this is definitely a candidate for Click of the Week for me. Mm-hmm. Same here. And with that, we move on to um, the. N- other new number one in the book, which is also mutant uh, adjacent. Well, there's a couple of new number ones this week because of uh, the fall of X tie-ins. But this is probably one of the main, uh, because it was a subject of the free comic book day (coughs) book this this year. That being Uncanny Avengers number one of five. So we said earlier that Alpha Flight is number one of five. Uncanny Avengers is also number one of five. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Javier Garon, colors by Maury Hollowell, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So this issue does, in fact, uh, pick up X number of weeks after the Hellfire Gala, and things are not looking very good for our heroes. Uh, The first thing that we pick up with is possibly the creation of the new Captain Krakoa, and we have our theories as to who that might be. And then we pick up on something I didn't really understand. I didn't know Ben Urich owned the Daily Bugle now. I didn't either. I said the exact same thing in my notes. I'm like, when did that happen? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? I wonder if it happened after he got his, uh, I, I'm assuming, because I, I, I don't know, but because we know uh, Jay Jonah's not in it, so it could have happened well before now. It just nothing, nothing's ever has come up until now. I guess I don't know. Um, right, I just but, couldn't remember. I thought Robbie had it. Exactly, that was my thought also. Oh, you know what it is? I think Robbie doesn't own it. He's the publisher. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because Jonah the was the owner and publisher, and I think right. Robbie's the publisher. I just did not know who owned the Bugle now. Right, I'm pretty sure if we if we we did a quick search, we'll I guess we'll we could find out when that right. is. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, Rob probably like the publisher or the ed and the editor. But now Ben Urich is the owner. I'm like, whoa. 
Right, because you know, when they mentioned that in this, I'm like, wait, what? When did that again? When did that happen? <laughs> right, 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 right. So, but you know, re- regardless, we find ourselves once again. Cap is leading up um, uh, a Unity squad, and at the very least, one, I think, two from the previous uh, squad is back on the team. Uh, that being right. Rogue, right? Rogue and, De- and Deadpool. Yeah, 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 Deadpool too. Uh, also, and he gives reasons why at least one of them is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you know, hey, Rogue is beyond reproach, so it stands to reason. But we don't, don't necessarily get that. Um, outside of that, we pretty much get what they're what they're um, going up against. We do get a call back to. Was it Immortal where that meeting took place? Uh, in the tunnels? I can't remember. Or was that um, from the gala? I can't remember. This stuff is running. Yeah, it's hard to remember. Yeah, exactly. Everything's running very, very back to back, you know, r- running up against each other. So they're all blending together. Right. So, but yeah, that happened recently. So yeah, we have another view of this meeting in the Morlock tunnels. Right. Which pretty much kind of, you know, um, Gets us timeline time adjacent to to where we are uh, in this whole thing, as Agent Seventy said. So, uh, the one thing we don't get to see, or we didn't get to see, but we, as Agent Seventy said, we have our uh, we have speculation on is who Captain Krakoa is, and the fact that he himself is putting together a new Brotherhood. Excuse me, um, a new mutant liberation front. Right, <laughs> as 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 it is said here, um, uh, but yeah, I I have I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I think I think I know who that is. I if I'm wrong, then so be it. But I right. think this new and we don't we don't necessarily we have hints to to, to the case, but we don't necessarily know. I think this new Captain Krakoa is uh, Hydra Cap. Right, and I think. I think Roddy Cat has uh, a good case, and I think there are definite hints. Everything from his recruitment of the Von Strucker twins mm-hmm. to, you know, and what he says about them, mm-hmm. and, and, and and a couple of visual cues as well. So I think Roddy Cat is on the right track here. Like it, it makes complete sense. The only thing I didn't know is like where was Hydra Cap at the end of uh, Secret Empire because I think I either drew a blank or just totally forgot or whatever. Right. <laughs> right, and we read too many comics, folks. So we're just kind of like, oh, we kind of don't remember, you know. There is that. So, so, but other than, other than that, a good start to this issue, with the exception of what happens at the last page, which uh, both uh, Agent Seventy and I pretty much said the same thing, and that is, ow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 not happy about that. He, yeah. You know, things dug in. This better be fixed by the end of the series. <laughs> well, don't know if they can use Krakoa med- medicine given given the state of it, unless they have that fixed by now, by then. So, right. But we shall see. Otherwise, like I said, um, Uncanny Avengers number one, pretty uh, pretty good start. Um, and I think we're going to go to one more, which was. Well, actually, I don't know. Do you do you want to do Dark uh, X Men, or do you want to go ahead and just do Spidey? Yeah, we can do Spidey. 
Okay. We can do Spidey because Doc X Men is. Eh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So Spider Man. Yeah, we'll jump over to Spider Man number 11. It's written by Dan Slott with art by Luciano Vecchio or Luciano Vecchio. Might have misspelled his first name. Colors by Edgardo Delgado. And letters by our favorite lettering by San VCs Joe Caramagna. There's a name I will never misspell because we are always saying Joe Caramagna is lettering Marvel book. So specifically Spider-Man corner. Yes, yes, specifically in the Spidey corner. Guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? Spider Boy is a thing. This issue tells us what we are, have supposedly missed this entire time. Yes. If you wanted to find out what his story was, this is the issue to read. And that is the point of this issue. Yeah. As I told, um, well, as I didn't tell uh, Agent 70 earlier, he's got his, uh, as I say in my notes, he's got his old hot movie entry ready to go thanks to this issue. Oh, yeah. Um, but we also get some some backstory and a little bit of heavy lifting going into his upcoming series. So he did so that slot doesn't have to do any of that there. Although I'm pretty sure he'll call back to some of it Um, because they've been teasing that with this and uh, last week's um, uh, amazing Spider-Man 31 kind of been teasing things to to go to, to happen in that book. So, right. But yeah, this is pretty much that. Like, Like if you wanted to know about this character's backstory within or Within a certain range, I'm sure the origin is going to happen in uh, Spider Boy, but we pretty much got you know everything leading up into that, so that like said, that doesn't have to happen there. Right. And just a quick, I was about to say just a quick note. Oh, you wanted to add something? Go ahead. I wanted to say uh, a quick note at the end of the book. The editorial team uh, mm-hmm. helped us out by mentioning what's coming up, yes. and made it clear that Spider-Man, the adjectiveless Spider-Man title, is taking a month off. We will not see a book in September, but we'll see, a, 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 I guess, a double-sized or extra-sized issue in October. Right. And uh, in the meantime, they also mention that the Spider-Boy book is going to launch as well as the Superior book. And Slot is taking the reins He's he's dipping his toe back into the spider corner, like his forget toe. He's going, he's diving in feet first in the spider corner of the Marvel universe. Indeed, and actually speaking of feet first, there was a question that was answered in this particular issue that I have that has long plagued me uh, about uh, spider characters. However, it still doesn't answer. It only answers in one case. It doesn't answer in every other case. <laughs> right. It doesn't answer Miles or no. or, 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 or Gwen when she's wearing Chucks. Or Peter. Because they even they even reference Peter's he even reference go back to the first reference Peter's appearance. First yeah. yeah, first or when he first yeah. uh, uses the spider powers. So It's his first appearance. Well, yeah. I mean as yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Amazing Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Um so when I got to that point, I was like, okay, finally, here we go. And, and and then it goes back to an age-old fix for everything in the Marvel Universe. Or used to be an age-old fix for everything in the uh, Marvel Universe. 
unstable Just Reed molecules. Richards. Reed Richards fixes everything. Yeah, unstable freaking talk, molecules. We, we talk a lot of smack about Reed <clears throat> nowadays. Everyone's like, oh, Reed's a jerk, and he kind of has been his mm-hmm. entire life in comics. But he's very handy at fixing things. Yeah. So I so I don't know if I should commend Slot on that or or be like, okay, I see what you did. If, whether that was intentional or not, I see what you did there. You took, I think you it was partially it still done tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Yeah. But he also you know, without a teasing how, without revealing how everyone else's works, you know, right? Well, yeah, because they don't even know. <laughs> they just gave this one. I was like, well, we know that can't be for everybody. We know that's not gonna that has not been the case for everybody. They don't even exactly. Even, they don't even try to try to hide it or even go into it. But this is but the fact that he brought it up himself, you know, kind of says a lot. Um and went to try to explain it was pretty funny. So I was like, okay, slot props to you still for, for, for that. <laughs> Even though it's still some BS because, because it's, it still doesn't, uh, it still doesn't, um, uh, um, explain the others. So, yeah, but that's what you said. The only thing you can say about this issue is that, yeah, get ready for spider boy. And also you see a couple of channels. Uh, I mean, excuse me, you see a couple of, um, characters channeling um other other properties let's just say because daredevil channels morpheus um with with something he says spider-man channels uh joe esposito and if you are young you don't know who it is look it up because you are the best well you're not the best around but that's his song <laughs> you no know. i didn't re- I, I didn't recognize the reference but i obviously recognize uh the karate kid part yes yes and i was like okay that was a one two there that was like i think slot was pretty much having fun with with that particular part of this um uh, of this issue which like i said what made it you know more fun than it probably needed to be despite what was going on here and yeah, we, yeah, yeah. and we also got a, a bit of a, an mcu moment in this uh with uh, a dual flip Spider-Man or Spider-Boy. I did see that. Yes, mm-hmm. I did see that. So I was like, okay, so we're just getting all the checkboxes, including um, um, a, a villain that shows up. We're just, we're just hitting a bunch of checkboxes with this, uh, with this episode, which is the issue. So I'm like, you know what? I wanted to hate this, and it is, it is what it is, but it was still kind of fun enough to be like, all right, you slide. Yeah, it was an, enjoy- it was an enjoyable read as Roddy Cat mentioned it was kind of like ugh, i wish it wasn't so fun right because spider boy is just annoying but what are you gonna do but it's lot and he knows what he's you know in, in, in cases like this he's, he's pretty much you know he's having fun right. and he's and he's he knows what he's doing here so i'm like all right well done slot well <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely all right that being said we can uh, go okay. on to uh the rapid fires Yes, I will spin up the minigun for rapid-fire comic book reviews. I ain't got time to bleed. All right, Roddy Cat and I have uh, some, actually most of my remaining books in common, so he will chime in as I go through them. First up is... Tales of the Titans, number two of four. It's written by Teeny Howard with art by Eleonora Carlini, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Troy Pateri. This is, a, this is 
the second of these Tales of the Titans books. Last issue, the first issue spotlight, put the spotlight on Starfire. This issue, the spotlight is on Raven. And uh, there is a pretty clever way. Tini Howard comes up with a clever way of recounting what Raven's origin has been was initially told how, how it was initially told and uh, puts a twist on it to bring Raven into the story that's being told in this issue. And I like that. I really did. There were a couple things revealed that I did not know much like Ben Urich being the owner of the daily bugle. I did not know that Raven spoiler alert. Has a sibling in the DC comic book universe. Right. I was like, since when? But I get it. You know, it's something probably very recent. So, but uh, I, I enjoyed this issue. It was a lot of fun uh, seeing the Titans growing up to a certain extent. That was a, a, a theme here in this issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being no long, no longer being or thinking of themselves as teens, but rather as Titans. Right. Because this is basically taking place, quote-unquote, currently, you know, uh, um, where they're pretty much taking over for the Justice League. Right. Anything uh, else only, to add? Yeah, the only thing I'm going to add to this is... Wait, you have to focus. I thought you were going to put in uh, uh, Azerath Metrion Zinthos. That's what I was going for, but I didn't get the right... I, I, I downloaded it, but I didn't have time to cut it. So I just got... Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a video out there for everything, so there's just a bunch of her, her saying that. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Azerath Metrion Zinthos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make her sound more Greek than she is. <laughs> but um, in any event, next up... Uh, Dark X-Men, number one of five. It's written by Steve Fox, uh, with art by Jonas Scharf, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So this is an interesting view of the events of Fall of X from the viewpoint of the Limbo uh, contingent. I was like, oh, that's right. There is a Limbo contingent. I completely forgot about them. And so this is where a lot of the misfits um, that we're kind of used to uh, seeing, you know, on the fringes of comic book stories have come to take hold and take root. And uh, this is their story of how they're dealing with uh, the fall of X and more info on what Madeline Pryor is up to and more references to a character called the Goblin Queen. We don't know who's calling themselves Goblin Queen nowadays. I thought of Roddy Cat when I saw that on the last page. Yeah, I, I, I thought of that too. I was like, geez, now we got another one. <laughs> 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 I mean, granted, she was the original, so, you know, and then there's this other one that came across recently in the Spidey books, and then now this, I'm going to assume, is a clone of her. I'm going to assume, but we don't know what's going on with that yet, so yeah. Right. Right, we don't know that. And last for me is Daredevil number 14. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Coqueto, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. 
This is the ending of Zdarsky's run on Daredevil. It also serves as kind of a coda to the run because it takes place. There's a little bit of a time jump. It takes place a little bit after the events of Daredevil number 13, where things are kind of left up in the air. And Daredevil 14 brings us to, you know, a a point in time where things have settled down a little bit. And some of the toys proverbially, um, or proverbially, right, have been put back into the toy box. Some of them remain out in the playing field, changed by the events of Zadarsky's story. I think the story, I, I think the, the, the grounds for a good story are there now for Saladin Ahmed to pick up when he starts his run. Because, as I said, some of the toys have been put back into the toy box, but some of the toys that stay in play, and at least for now, stay changed are still in play for future stories so we will see how this all plays out in the next volume of daredevil but i like this issue it is actually you know there's a a couple of really good character sequences and character interactions that really put it up there as a candidate for click of the week for me so it is a co-candidate for click of the week for me i will hopefully come up with a winner when it comes down to it, but that's it for me this week. Off to Roddy Cat for the rest of his books. And you got to wonder if, like, something I know writers talk, so I'm sure there might have been something like, "Hey, leave this on the, leave, leave this out here, so I can, so I can use this in my run or something." You know, or they might even suggest, you know, it's like, "Yeah, just go ahead and throw that in there, so I can kind of do my thing." Type of situation. So I, I, I would assume something like that happened in this case. Right. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number 18 starts off my books. Uh, we have written by Mark Wade with art by Travis Moore, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. This is a particular click of the week for me because, hey, if you wanted to know how the world's greatest detective and the Man of Steel uh, uh, first meet and uh, start working together, well, at least in this particular instance of the universe, uh, well, this starts that uh, arc off um, in a slightly kind of familiar way, especially if you think about how things progressed. Not all, not the same way, but in uh, in let's say the uh, current uh, DC um, uh, movie universe. Uh, not necessarily the exact same way, because there was no Martha, none of that, and no Lex Luthor, none of that, the other way. But like I said, there is some similar, similar, for lack of a better word, posturing on both sides, and some, you know, they feel each other out in the ways that they that they do and they can, you know. In fact, I think some of it may possibly mirror uh, the actual Batman Superman World's Finest um, animated. Uh, movie from you know back when both of those were on the air when when Batman and Superman were both uh, on the air um, uh, on TV 
but I haven't seen that in so long that I, I, I can't remember. But I feel like there is some similarities there. Regardless, it was a pretty good read. Um, <clears throat> the Riddler is involved. Uh, there's something to do with Kryptonian writing, and which means that someone's pretty much pulling the Riddler strings. And we seemingly find out who that may or may not be at the end of this issue. Um, it is someone that I'm not too familiar with, but Superman kind of is uh, in a certain place. So there is that. Next book uh, for me, Hawk Girl number two of six. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, written by Jadzia Axelrod. I keep wanting to call her Dax, and I apologize for that. Um, art by Amin K. Nahulpan, and letters by Hassan Atmane Alwau. So, apparently, uh, Assassin's Creed, and, and by extension Ubisoft, is in the DC Universe because there's a character that references the uh, Assassin's Creed series. So, uh, if, if, if that is something, then there, is, there, there you go, folks. Um, but... This is the continuing uh, adventures of one uh, uh, Kendra. Um, I forgot Kendra's last name, but basically, hot girl whose uh, whose name is Kendra, uh, Kendra, whatever her name is, I can't remember right now, uh, and what she's dealing with uh, currently in the guise of a new villain that she has not, well, that she has met this particular issue called uh, Volpacula. Um, and if that name in the, the, the parts of that name sounds familiar or sounds pretty much gives you an idea of what that character is, you will be right. Um, but also this character is on the hunt for nth metal because she's trying to get to the nth world for some odd reason, which of course is going to run her afoul of a hawk girl who has wings and a mace <laughs> made out of the stuff. So, you know, there was going to be a meeting at some point. But also alone for the ride is this new character called uh, Galaxy, um, who, if you're watching the video version, you can see on the, the cover. Um, and uh, Kendra and this character kind of become friends, sort of. Or at least Galaxy helps her out with the situation. Um, um, and also they kind of get to get to kind of know each other a little bit more. So... You know what's going to happen to this character um, after this particular uh, limited series? Don't know, but um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with this whole thing. Next up is Darth. Uh, excuse me, Star Wars Darth Vader number thirty-seven. There we go. Written by Greg Pak, with art by Rafaela Ayenko, colors by Federico Blee. And letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So this whole dark droids thing is still going on, um, which I guess this pretty much in, uh, told me partially where all of this is coming from, and maybe it might be something I may have missed because after that whole force wave um, affair happened, uh, there were some droids that was attacking Darth Vader, uh, and he might be the catalyst for some of the stuff that's going that's been going on with that whole droid cult thing. But apparently, they're still looking for him, and they're still taking over Imperial ships. So Vader is pretty much tasked to go uh, liberate the executor, the executor, excuse me, that has been taken over or mostly taken over uh, by this droid cult. 
for whatever reason that they're that they're doing such things for. Uh, during the course of this, he has to remember his old Jedi training thanks to his other droid that's working with him. And we come to find out, well, we've been knew this, but um, one Maz Kanata, lackey to the Emperor, is still trying to, uh, to uh, get rid of Vader, as it were. Uh, whether under orders for, from the Emperor or not, I can't remember, but I believe it was. So... Which leads to what's something that happens at the end of this um, that they're going to that's going to need to be taken care of uh, in the next issue. And the last book for myself is uh, Iron Man Annual Number One or Iron Man Annual uh, Twenty Twenty Three Number One, which continues this whole uh, contest of chaos thing uh, that has been going on with. Um, with uh, various annuals. Uh, there's two stories here. They are connected, but the first main story is written by Jason Liu with art by David Cutler. Color artist Brian Valenza. And uh, letters for the whole thing is VC's Joe Caramagna. The second story, which is the backup, is... Uh, that's a typo. All right. Uh, that's what you get for Russian folks. Stephanie Williams is the writer. Art by uh, Abouter Fache. And colors by Raul Angulo. So, um, the first main story is pretty much uh, Iron Man versus Storm. Uh, for actually, I don't even know what they're fighting for, over or with. We just know there's as a, as the same thing that happened with the um, with Spider Man Annual from last week. Uh, two people enter, one leaves, uh, and I would dare say that. The fight pretty much ends the way you think it would in that pairing. <laughs> I was kind of worried there for a second because I was like, wait a minute, you're not going to do this. Um, but if you know me and you know my leanings in, that, in this situation, you know who I think should have been the one to, to win here. The funny thing about it is uh, you get to find out there's a, that um, Aurora and Tony kind of have a couple of things in common. Um, one being uh, not so much of a love of caves. You know, given their 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 variance uh, dealings with uh, enclosed spaces, mm -hmm. um, and also, not I guess probably not surprisingly, one Black Panther <laughs> because of their dealings with them, uh, which almost kind of leads to the fight, with the exception of the fact that there are some forces that were in their heads that are that were kind of stroking stroking on everything. So, but um. Uh, Aurora brings up something that is that I thought was very pressing and, and poignant to me, and that is who gave? She says she asked Tony, "Who gave you the authority to kill Bill Foster?" Because basically, yeah. they, they they spent a whole um, part of the time before the fight actually started bringing up old shit, <laughs> which is kind of amusing to see uh, to see in here. But her bringing that up was like, "Yeah, that's right, that's right." So, um. I had I had fun with it obviously because y'all know if, if you've been here long enough you know how I feel about that whole Bill Foster situation. Um, that being said, like I said, the fight ends a certain way, and one is the quote unquote victor and gets swept away. Um, and then we go into the backup story, which goes back to uh, Spider Man and Jessica Jones, kind of basically on the case. Uh, they get wind of um, Iron Man and Storm's fight as they try to investigate what's going on here. 
and they find that they need so, a little more magical help than either both of them have. So they go to the Sorcerer Supreme and not the one that you first think of um, in this situation. So that is that. And that is uh, my books for the week. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. We didn't get anything from our from other folks, but you know they're busy or uh, and or yes, and behind on reading. There is that, yes. So, um, and we there's a couple of books we didn't get because also otherwise there would have been a couple of there was a couple of other books that I probably would have read by now and uh, eight to seven they also now that I think about mm. it. So there is there is that. But from what we have, we got some strong candidates. Uh, did you finally come down on yours? Or are you still kind of mulling over? I think I'm going to go with Daredevil number 14. But I did really like Alpha Flight number one. It was, as I said, pretty enjoyable. And I love the last twist. I just think that the coda aspect of the, you know, it being a coda to the run by Zadarsky, which has spanned like two volumes of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, multiple volumes of Daredevil. So uh, I don't even th- I think it was three now. But a uh, bottom line, though, is, um, you know, it, it served as a nice cap to mm-hmm. the run and provides a place for the next run to jump off from. So Daredevil number 14 for me. All righty. Uh, for myself, it's it's boiling down to Batman Superman World's Finest number 18. <clears throat> um because it was good to see another version of them, you know, coming together. And it's actually making me want to go back and watch um, that World's Finest movie. Uh, and some more of Superman animated series. Because there's not a whole lot that I can that I can recall in my head. Um, except for stuff that kind of <laughs> gets referenced in Justice League. Um, and there is also Uncanny X. Uh, I say that Uncanny Adventures, and also Alpha Flight, um, which were pretty strong contenders. Uh, I'm an annual based on how it kind of ended up. I did like that also, but uh, but um, yeah, between Alpha Flight, uh, Uncanny, and Batman Superman, to which hmm. I told Age of Seventy this was going to be a, a surprise uh, pick, and I don't know if it would be if I if I if I did go with the one I'm thinking of at this point. But that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Um, weirdly enough, but you know what? No, I'm going to go with actually Alpha Flight number one of five. Nice. But shout out to uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number 18 because that was, like I said, I, I enjoyed that and uh, a, a pretty great bit. And with that, as I pull up the, uh, I can pull up this alternate cover, the variant cover, which is a callback, uh, we're going to go into the news, but first let's get an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Toronté, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? 
Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Man, I hate this. Anyway, um, Cinemac News, folks, as we get into the news section, and I fix this. Um, 1993's Mario movie is coming back to theaters in 4K. You know, folks, I'm just going to say as a person who has watched that movie at the very least once, it ain't a great movie, but it's a pretty good movie for reasons. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think I've ever made it all the way through. I don't think I've ever actually started watching it with the intent of finishing it. Mm-hmm. I think it was just on at times, and I just probably flipped to it. You know, flipped through it. Right. It's it's something to behold if you have not. Um, and actually, it says here that um, Crunchyroll reports that Japan is set to to mark the occasion. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Yeah, no, okay, never mind. I thought something was tripping here. Yeah, Kajiro reports that Japan is set to mark the occasion with a celebratory screening of the 4K re-release of Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, This movie in Japan is known as Super Mario Goddess of the Demon Empire. (laughs) When it hits the the theaters over there. And uh, it says... That apparently there's a neon flex poster that's worth checking out, even if you're not in Japan, which that doesn't any nothing for good for us over here uh, in the states. But if those who are not in the know, uh, that was a movie that was starring uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as Mario and Luigi, respectively. Uh, Dennis Hopper played uh, President Koopa. Um, Yeah, there was a there was a princess in there that wasn't Peach. It was uh it was a uh, it was a uh, Daisy. Yeah, it was a whole thing, folks. It was a whole thing. Uh, if you haven't watched it by now, now that it's getting re-released, and I'm pre- pretty sure it's going to get a um, a home release also, you can experience the let's say magic for yourself. It's probably a good movie if you're um um. Under some effect. Let me stop. No, I'm not even going to put that out there. This is family. Oh, no. Really. Um, but, yeah. It would make more sense if you if you, if you you didn't <laughs> look into it too seriously. And it doesn't make any sense at all. So, good, good luck with that. Uh, yeah. Next up. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, September 15th is when that's going to happen. Um, it's got, when the screen is going to happen, no wonder on when... A home release is probably, or a re-release for, in 4K is going to happen for the home release. 
Next up. Lucasfilm is closing its Singapore visual effects and animation studio after nearly two decades, potentially leading to around 300 layoffs. Boo. Lucasfilm's Industrial Light and Magic, ILM, VFX and animation studio opened in the nation in 2004 to work on Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, A Disney spokesperson told local outlet CNA that ILM will be consolidating its global footprint and winding down its Singapore studio due to economic factors affecting the industry. The move will impact around 300 staffers, and Disney said ILM will give employees as much notice as possible and offer opportunities to relocate to one of the company's growing studios. Uh, Always bad news to hear about layoffs. Potential, even. Yep, yep, yep. I'm also looking at the picture that's attached to the deadline article. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's uh, Lucas's wife back there with uh, Kathleen Kennedy. I don't know why that struck out stuck to me as it was, but, yeah, there it is. Cause I keep mm-hmm. thinking about that. Oh, I was about to say, Parkinson's disease died? Great, but that's not what that's, that article is saying. Moving right along, speaking of the shut, uh, a, a, a shutdown, I should say, we put potentially have an update on the bad bad season three in the midst of um the 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 strikes and that last shutdown or potential shutdown that we got so this pretty much goes back to star wars celebration where there was a a a teaser for for um uh bad bad season three where they talk about what happens there in that teaser or this article is but apparently, um, as recent as June 28th, uh, Omega actress uh, Michelle Yang shared a photo via uh, Instagram saying, basically saying that um, the, the voice work was done for uh, season three, which I don't remember us talking about that. When that came up, we might not have even seen that. So this is kind of reiterating the fact that, hey, that's kind of still out there. Uh, and uh, I assume I think that was kind of before, well as the as the as the strike was going on, but again, voice actors kind of have a different deal. So right, and if, yeah, animation, yeah, people working in animation have a different deal. Right. Next up. So uh, Shazam star Zachary Levi railed against Hollywood quote garbage unquote during an appearance at Chicago Fan Expo. The actor urged attendees at the event to actively not choose to seek out garbage movies. Um, Levi's own 2023 release, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, is one of the biggest studio flops of the year. And uh, he says, I personally feel like the amount of content that comes out of Hollywood that is garbage, they don't care enough to actually make it great for you guys. They don't. Levi said, how many times do you watch a trailer and go, oh, my God, that looks so cool. Then you go to the movie and it's like, this is what I get. So, yeah. So, so I put this in here only for the fact that if you remember us, well, at this point, uh, you may or may not have watched slash listened to the last episode where I believe we also talked about a story uh, involving Mr. Levi talking about he didn't understand the reviews for his movie. Right, uh, a couple episodes ago, yeah. Yeah, um, and I just took that to go along with this as saying, is the garbage he's talking about his own very movie? Maybe. 
because if it is, that seems that that seems counter to maybe the, the what he's trying to put out there. But nevertheless, okay. funny. Either. I mean, you know, we have you know we we can have a a, a bunch of uh, reactions to reactions to this. I mean, he chose poorly. Also, that's not how the force works. <laughs> And also, the world is taking a turn for the cereal. Indeed, indeed, and also indeed. Next up. Um, here we go. Okay, load. Be nice if you load. Oh no, okay. There we go. Power Rangers producer teases a, a second familiar face that might return in season 30 of um, a Cosmic Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. Uh, so Entertainment Weekly basically says here that, yes, um, uh, David Yost, uh, Billy Cranston, uh, is going to appear on the show, uh, which I think that was already, that news has already been out there, but the person who may be coming back later on is the character of Mick, who is portrayed by, it says here, MVP, uh, Kelson Henderson. Which and I think they call him MVP because he's been on a lot of uh, a lot of the Power Rangers shows, uh, or more current Power shows, Power Ranger shows, I guess, more than a lot of others have at this point. Um, yeah, in fact, it says Henderson has actually voiced or portrayed around a dozen characters on Power Rangers over the past twenty years. So there you go. Uh, Power Rangers Cosmic Crew will kick off September twenty ninth on Netflix. Um, with uh, the old team discovering new powers, much like um, the old stuff, and apparently Lord Zed is coming back, so you know old fans will um, you know, get a little taste of the the old stuff uh, for a new generation, including David Yost's uh, Billy. Next up, next up in uh, Hollywood strike news, SAG-AFTRA in solidarity with the Writers Guild, has modified its interim agreement policy to exclude any projects shot in the U.S. that are covered by the WGA. So to date, more than 200 productions have signed interim agreements, and those deals will remain in effect. Um, This uh, affects only... Well, here's the bottom line, right? For productions taking place in the United States, SAG-AFTRA will only grant interim agreements for non-WGA-covered projects. Um, Each production will be investigated uh, when they apply for an interim agreement to ensure only true independent productions are included. The covered projects are those not produced by or for the companies aligned with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. This article was not clearly written i just condensed it into a much more uh understandable form (laughs) that's deadline for you getting to the nitty and the gritty um so yeah next up we have on the rumor front which sometimes we don't you know we don't like to put too much too much rumor stuff in here but some of the stuff is you know on, on stuff that we were curious about in this case uh, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power Season 2 may possibly include a battle that runs across two episodes. Which, I don't know how, how and or why that is news, but that's 
well, I know how and why that's news, but it's in the the the, the bigger picture of Lord of the Rings um, productions. You can kind of see why that would not be. Mm-hmm. But also, that thing's got a lot of budget to it, so I'm not surprised by it. So, but it'll be cool. So, um, if uh, as this article says, uh, the, this rumor is to be believed, which um, the rumor is coming from some fan site, which I won't name here. Um, so take that with uh, the the biggest grain of volcanic salt. Next up. All righty. Apple TV Plus or Plus. Apple TV Plus has revealed the title of its 10 episode MonsterVerse series, Monarch Legacy of the Monsters. Along with the official title, Apple TV Plus also unveiled first look at the show with a handful of images. So this is the story of a family getting to grips with its checkered history and discovering how they are actually involved with the shadowy monarch organization. So, um, it's, you know, it's been, I don't know how well known it is, but it was revealed that Kurt and Wyatt Russell, father and son, will play the same character, but of course, 50 years apart as the series explores three generations of monster related in- intrigue. And if you're not familiar with the legendary monster verse, it does span quite a bit of time because you're dealing with the, uh, the uh, events of the Kong, the original Kong Skull Island movie going forward into modern day where Godzilla is reawakened and then Godzilla and Kong duke it out and so on and so forth. So there is some history to be mined here, not necessarily even retconned. Right, because during that whole thing, we got to hear the name Monarch a good bit and even see some some folks uh, associated with the organization, but not a whole whole lot about the organization itself. Right. Outside of let them fight. Right, 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 right. right. So. Interestingly, as a quick note, Monarch Legacy of Monsters was co-created by Matt Fraction, who we know from nice. the comic book world, and Chris Black, who are both on board as executive producers alongside Matt Shackman, who will direct the first two episodes. We know Matt Shackman is the director of the WandaVision uh, Disney Plus series, as well as the upcoming Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So there is uh, some, some, some comic book synergy in there. And also, especially since both Russell, the Russell guys have played in the MCU prior to Exactly, that. exactly. In, in different parts, mind you, but still. Yes, both. Different different franchises, yes. But both playing characters we didn't like too much, we didn't care too much for, actually, oddly enough. Right, 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 right. Anywho's, but so yeah, I'm I'm wait, is this gonna happen before my, my uh Apple TV plus uh thing runs out? It probably. says it says fall, so let's hope. Okay, that's potential. Potential. Next up though. Uh, good news for fans of the Predator prequel Prey. It's getting a 4K Blu-ray. Um, but, hey, that movie was good, so uh, that's cool. It was good. It's a good thing that it's coming out in physical media. Mm-hmm. Which also kind of wonders, like, wait, are they taking it off of uh, Hulu? Because I feel like that's 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 a, that's a thing that could happen. It might be a precursor. Yeah, it might be a mm-hmm. precursor. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and that's going to happen. Let's see. Uh, the 4K version along with standard Blu-ray and DVD options. I didn't know DVD was still being pushed, but um, sure. Um, October the 3rd. So look out for that. There is nothing else in here. No, no word on any extras or anything, but I'm sure that'll come closer to the time of release. Next up. Uh, now we get into yeah. Anime Corner. Oh, we're going into Anime Corner. One second, folks. I didn't realize this was going to be Anime Corner because of the uh, because of the the subject matter, but it is in fact Anime Corner. So, uh. <laughs> Netflix is. <laughs> I was about to say, I, 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 I did some uh, sound effect editing uh, over the last couple of weeks, and Roddy Cat is still hearing new ones that I have not yet sprung upon the show. But love where they're Netflix, from. Yes, Netflix's Scott Pilgrim anime has released its first trailer, revealing the series' release date and title. The title is Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, and it will debut on Netflix on November 17th. The new teaser shows familiar scenes from Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim series of graphic novels rendered in an animation style that stays true to O'Malley's character designs while also reflecting the influence of classic video games and anime on his work. That's pretty cool. Right. It's kind of like it's circling itself back around because, yeah, like I said, his, his influence for the book in, in the first place was, I think, kind of anime-inspired, all but most of the video games, but still. Um... And it looks like, yes, uh, I think we've talked about this before, but um, a lot of folks from the movie uh, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the world is back for this. Well, it uh, says here in this article, I don't know if this is accurate, but it says the entire live mm-hmm. action cast. I don't know if that's I think that's hyperbole, but I think all of the recognizable live action cast are back from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I mean, so mostly everybody I mean, that's has, has pretty much done stuff, though. I mean, you would know them from one thing or another. Right. You know, I mean, you know, this is a, you know, this is a, a, a gigantic uh, a list here. But they, you know, listen, these are some real, you know, real like Hollywood names like Michael Sarah as Scott, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona, Kieran Culkin as Wallace Wells, Anna Kendrick as Stacey Pilgrim, Brie Larson as Envy Adams, Allison Pill as Kim Pine, Aubrey Plaza as Julie Powers, Johnny Simmons as Young Neil. Mark Weber as Stephen Stills, Ellen Wong as Knives Chow, and Satya Baba, uh, Chris Evans, Captain America, Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman, and Mae Whitman as Ramona's evil exes. That's incredible that they pulled all these people in. Well, I was about to say uh, uh, Captain America and the Human Torch. Also, that's right. Also, Brandon Routh, Superman, and (laughs) Ray Palmer, the Adam. Right. And, wait, I feel like he's done something else that I've done, but those are the more. Jason Schwartzman, you know, he's out there. Mae Whitman, uh, if you, um, I don't know how much live, she's done some live action stuff prior to this, but Katara from, uh, um, from, um, from, um, uh, 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 Avatar Lance ever been there. So, yeah. Folks, folks, people know. And obviously, Aubrey Plaza, Plaza, you know, know, from other places, from, from, Parks and Rec. Uh, amongst other things. 
So that's pretty cool, though, because you know what? That, 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 that's a lot of fun that this is going to be a, a, a much – I don't want to say faithful, but I want to say it's a much more straight-on take of the, uh, the source material. Hmm. I mean, also, yeah, like I said, Brie Larson, Captain Marvel also. But the um, – uh, um, what was I going to say about this? I feel like there had been – a like they all got together at one point like prior to this being announced, like well prior to this being announced – where they did a reading of the for the movie mm-hmm. all together, and I'm pretty sure that's out there somewhere, and, and it seemed like it was pretty cool. And Alison oh, Peel, you know, I apologize. This is not an adaptation of the original source material. This is actually a continuation. Right. Yeah, I think I said that some yeah somewhere. It's down. It's down towards the end, and I did not know that. Right. And that's cool that Brian Lee O'Malley had an idea that was way more adventurous than just a straight adaptation of the original books. That's cool. Right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I was about to say, also, every time I see Alan Simpeel, obviously, the, her character of Kim is, is, is the one that's uh, the, the drummer always comes up. But we don't know her more currently from uh, Star Trek Picard in her various roles. Right. So. Yeah, that's it. But that's not well, you know, listen, I, that 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 makes me happy to see that they're all, you know, like there the, the, there are aspects of this article that that talk about uh, how the the cast is still pretty tight, and it's pretty cool that they actually all got together again based on the project to say, right. hey, we're going to help out. Right. I'm going to try to look up that uh, that that table read and try to put it in the in the show notes for folks if. Uh want to check that out but yeah this seems like i hadn't had a chance to check out the the teaser trailer yet but uh i I see it's gotten some people on the hook for it already uh who were trying to get not to do it for reasons which i kind of understand so because if you if you remember scott pilgrim the movie there were some kind of things about the uh, about how some of that or some of the things in that put it that way or one particular thing in that, I'll say. But anyway, keep going on the Scott Pilgrim train. Um, but yeah, it kind of goes off of what Agent 70 says. Uh, the uh, Brian Lee O'Malley basically says that um, the, the anime series is not a, quote, word-for-word retake, remake of the book, so which I guess that's what um, uh, Agent 70 was reading ahead to. Um... He says on Instagram, says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's not the books. I already wrote those and you can read them anytime. The show is its own new thing in many ways. Do not expect a word for word remake. Many fun surprises to come. So. There you go. Next up. That's cool, though. I'm looking forward to that now because it's it's nice that uh, that particular you know, project brought all these people together and has kept them together. Yes. So I, I get to hear we are a sex bomb and something, something, something's going to happen. One, two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, Bleach finally unleashes Rukia's Bankai. So uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War episode 19 finally reveals Rukia Kuchiki's Bankai Haka no Togame. Okay. <laughs> um... Listen, I, I have not watched any Bleach at all. Forget getting to Thousand Year Blood War Part 2. Right. So I just read that because that's what was there. 
So I'm slight quick education for 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 um, I don't know whether he's going to get to this or not, but really quickly, Rookie is one of the main characters of uh, Bleach. She pretty much was responsible for giving the main character Ichigo his powers because he he pretty much took them from her. Uh, and then there was a whole thing in Soul Society where he had to go save her uh, for for some stuff that happens after that. During the whole time, at least that when I've watched Bleach, and I'm still kind of halfway through. The, the original Bleach and hadn't gotten to Thousand Year Old Blood War yet. We have never seen her release her Bankai or any. Like we've seen her fight kind of sort of a couple of times when she kind of got back up to strength, but yeah, outside of that, uh, we didn't really see it at all. So I, I'm sure I could click this and watch it, but I, I, I was very curious to see if she even had one ever, much less get to see it when uh, uh, at some point. No, I have not read the manga, so there is that. Next up, though. Um, we're going to go over to the comic book corner. Some comic book news, excuse me. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. I played that already. <laughs> you know what? I, it, I was, it was fine with me. I wasn't going <laughs> I wasn't going to complain. Uh, Jason Aaron makes his DC return with Batman. So, let's see, he's going to be writing Batman Off-World, which will mark the longtime Marvel writer's first mainstream DC story in 15 years. Um, it's going to, Batman Off-World is going to be a six-issue limited series in which Batman takes an adventure off-planet, which is his first solo journey into space in the modern era, according to the article. Excuse me. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of variant covers, quite obviously, because they, they go ham with those things. And uh, it's going to go on sale November the 21st. Next up. More than 17 years after he first appeared in the pages of Infinite Crisis number 3 in 2006, Jaime Reyes is making his long-awaited live-action feature film debut in DC's Blue Beetle this week. Wait. So, uh, for let's see here. Uh, the story is actually that DC makes the Blue Beetle, uh, various Blue Beetle comics free to read in digital form. So let's see here. So to coincide with the release on August 18th, that is tonight slash tomorrow, as of the, this recording, DC Comics has made digital comics free to read on DC Universe Infinite. Registration is required. Highlighted comics include Blue Beetle 2006 number one, the new 52 Blue Beetle from 2011 number one, and DC Rebirth of Blue Beetle 2016 number one. There's a bunch of them. But uh, good for Blue Beetle. Yeah, and good for anyone who actually ever signed up for DC Universe Infinite and not paying for it. <laughs> I am not that person. <laughs> Listen, I had it for a little while as a as a, as a, as a Warner Brothers reviewer type person, but you know, they cut that off. It was only a year long, right? Uh, and I went and re-upped, so I do have it because there was a couple of things I kind of wanted to catch up on that I wasn't going to be able to read uh, if not paid for. Actually, technically, I, actually, I didn't because now that I think about it, I just think I redeemed the code for something uh, thanks to a, a video console or another. So I still got like probably about two three months <laughs> before that gives out. So okay, never mind. Uh, Shonen, people, Shonen Jump, please keep reminding us to you know start subscribing. 
Or if someone out there with Viz Media wants to kind of slide us a couple of uh, codes to, to to try out your service so that we can do some reviews of some stuff, you know, hey. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, next up, though, Blink. Calvin and Hobbes to be reissued in new format. So, uh, Andrews McNeil is... Re- Wait, is that supposed to be McNeil? Not McNeil. That seems like a typo, but I don't know. Either way, the Calvin and Hobbes compendium will consist of seven two-volume sets to be released every fall and spring through 2026, a.k.a. Get That Money, collecting the full 10-year run of the strip. The first set um, containing nearly 500 strips will be released uh, August 29th of this year, which is another whole uh, uh, 12 days or so from now. Um... Yeah, or so. Uh, the, these new books will are print. <laughs> these new books are printed in a nine by six landscape uh, format, similar to the way the comics were first presented. The comics were first presented in newspapers, and each two book set comes in a six by nine vertical format slipcase for easing shelving. Waterston was involved in the design of the new series and chose art for each one of the uh, original colored. Uh, Sunday comics. Cool. Um, Calvin, Calvin Hobbes is a good strip, so I'm pretty sure there are people who probably don't have copies of this yet. Next up. Marvel Comics has announced a new 10-part story arc launching in January 2024 called Sabretooth War. Shipping bi-monthly, Sabretooth War will begin in Wolverine number 41 and wrap up in Wolverine number 50. Teaming up with Benjamin Percy on writing duties is Victor Laval, who has delivered two great Sabretooth solo series. The story arc will be drawn by Corey Smith and Jeff Shaw, and the series launches on January 10th. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's a that's a thing. Uh, I never did. Yeah, because it... Wait. Now something kind of make may possibly make sense. Because of something that happened, I believe, in... Oh, yeah, that happened in Uncanny um, Avengers this week. Uh, uh, that's th- that being the case. But anyway, we'll more on that, I guess, later. Um, Marvel previews Predator vs. Wolverine. Speaking of Mr. Uh, Benjamin Percy. So, that's the thing. There was a... Um, I think it was a teaser. Yes. Oh. Uh, Trailer happened so we had already talked talked about the fact that this was going to happen uh, when this was announced. We, uh, and it's not going to hit stands until September twentieth. But uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the poster for it uh, with a, a very battered Wolverine <laughs> and, and the Predator um, uh, side by side. So that's that's going to be interesting. Probably would check this out. I know Agent Seventy has a um uh there's a part of this he doesn't like about it, but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. But yeah, September twentieth is when Predator versus Wolverine is going to happen, because of course it is. Next up. So, uh, 
there's been some news here. I don't know if we have it here. I I remember seeing it. Now that I think about it, I saw some something in my social media feed about some movement in the editorial offices over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. That Tom Brevoort. Did we did we talk about that last week? I don't think we did. No. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, no, I don't, I'm not sure if I do actually. There's there's going to be some editorial shuffle, but not in the immediate future, right? So, X-Men editor Jordan D. White talked to Marvel about the recent Immortal X-Men number 14, which picks up the mass- picks up after the massacre on Koa spoilers for the Hellfire Gala. And you can read this article. You know, he said in an interview with Marvel Comics that ideas for Immortal X-Men and its place within the Fall of X event were already in place well before the release of uh, the 2021 X-Men event Inferno. But... Um, yeah, you know, stuff has been in the works for a while because of what's been happening in Immortal X-Men. Bottom line here is that, uh, you know, read into this. If you're uh, looking to go into Fall of X, guess what? You're a little behind, but I think you can catch up. Um, I, you know, Roddy Cat and I are going to talk behind the scenes more about this editorial shuffle. I got to take a look to see if I can find some articles. Next up, you don't because I am putting said article in right now so that we can talk. about Okay, so we'll talk about it. So yes, Uh, pop that there. Live editing, folks, you gotta love it. Um, there we go. Tom Brevoort to take over editing uh, Marvel's X Men comic line. Uh, There we go. Let's see, it says, uh, there's been much chatter this week, this past week, concerning the, quote, uh, secret mission that Dan Buckley spoke with me ab- about that got mentioned in uh, his newsletter. This is uh, Tom Brevert um, talking. Some of it is pretty funny. No, I am not becoming ESC. That's hardly a thing that we'd announce in a newsletter, guys. Uh, CB is welcome to the position. It suits him, and he's good at it. No, the big story is that after a quarter of a century editing Avengers... And his associated titles, which is that's how I know him. Uh, I am going mm-hmm. to be moving away from those characters and titles and instead step, stepping into the world of mutants. Yes, that's right. I'm afraid it's true. I'm the X. <laughs> says. Um, says this isn't going to happen for a good long time, a good long while yet. It still has a stuff, a bunch of adventure stuff cooking, including next year's big crossover event series. That needs to be uh, seen to completion. And uh, Jordan White and his team have a massive story that they are in the middle of that won't run its course for a long while. So what I, what I do will grow directly out of what they're doing, provided they leave me anything to work with. Did you yeah. read that Hellfire Gala book? Christ. <laughs> yeah. That's Listen, Brevoort has always been fun. He's yes. good in person. Yes. Whenever I saw him at a Marvel panel, he's always fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I see him out on uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't follow his Substack yet, but I probably should. Uh, but um, he's been at he's been at Marvel for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Yeah, he's 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 yeah, he's been there for a minute. So um, it's an interesting change, to to say the least. So. I wonder who's going to take over the Avengers stuff then. I wonder if it's just going to switch shift over. I guess we'll find out at some point soon. But yeah, there, there is the news. Yeah, 30, I don't know. 33, 34 years. Holy cow. Yeah, I don't know. You started was... in 89, it says. Right. Wow. Um, as an intern. Boy, I wish I could have done that. 
<laughs> you would have been a New Yorker <laughs> this whole time. Have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, they didn't have the the, the whole work remotely thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crazy. Um. Actually, I'm gonna scooch this over here. There we go. So I can. Did you move the story I'm about to do? Uh, no, it should be still there. Okay. All right. So, uh, in the Infinity Watches, the Infinity Watches next member. I didn't know the Infinity Watch was still a thing. Is Marvel's next cosmic powerhouse. So, in Warlock Rebirth, the Marvel Universe's latest cosmic powerhouse is invited to join Infinity Watch, and they have never been needed more. So, this has spoilers for Warlock Rebirth number five, which is out now. I think it was out last week. I think that's the case. I was under the impression that that was one of those, you know, uh, retcon slash, I hate this is an old news, uh, a new story set in an old time, but I guess not. Same. So over the past few months, readers have seen the emergence of Eve Warlock, oh, of course, lead to some of the most epic cosmic encounters in Marvel Comics history, and they're far from over. Not only has Eve finally come into her own as a hero, she's prepared to take on anything the cosmos has to throw at her. So she may also be on track to become the next member of Infinity Watch along the way. Okay. All right. Sure. As you can tell, neither one of us has been reading that book. So, yeah. Right. Now we get over into some toy corner business. All right. Oh, you're looking for a transition? Sure. Uh, uh, what's in the box? <laughs> Perfect. Um, Hasbro Spider-Man, the animated series, Marvel Legends series, Smythe and Peter Parker 2-pack. Uh, we have some images uh, and an unboxing of uh, said 2-pack. Two two Not 2-pack. Oh, two no. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Two Get it? Pack. <laughs> <laughs> You you were with me on that one. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can see the images as I flip through here. You got Peter Parker with camera and his uh, web slinger. You got Smythe shirtless with his uh, horn thing, whatever. There's Peter. There's back of Peter. There's Smythe. There's back of Smythe. There's, uh, I guess, the whole uh, set with uh, Spidey, Peter, Smythe, and another Peter. And yeah, there you go. So, and this is going to be, or is, excuse me, fifty two ninety nine. I mean, as much as I'd like that era of Spider-Man, I don't know if I would get these figures. But hey, it's out there for those who would. What do you think? They're all right. They're all right. It's not a required purchase for me. Right. Yeah. Unless you're looking for, you know, a, <laughs> a, a Peter Parker with a camera. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And we have one already. Do but this is like animated style. Right. So, we have a Peter with glasses with a camera. There's also one here also, so yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, hey, if you don't have one, there you go. Uh, right. But next up. So did we skip this story? I actually wanted to do this story. Which the sure. Secret Wars Battle World Saturday morning cartoon oh, variant. Fudge. We sure did. Go for it. Alrighty. So Marvel Superhero Secret Wars Battle Battle Bleh. I can speak. <laughs> it is late, folks. Battle World number one and number two get the classic eighties cartoon treatment in new variant covers. 
So, uh, you know, we're all familiar with for, with the Marvel superhero Secret Wars, which united uh, powerful heroes and powerful villains for a 12-issue limited series set on Battleworld. So celebrating the 40th anniversary of Secret Wars, the four-issue limited series um, Battle, War- Battle World is written by industry icon Tom DeFalco and uh, illustrated by Pat Olaf, uh, artist Sean Galloway, whose Saturday Morning Variant series has covered various issues, has create have various comics, has created a new connecting cover in the style of classic Saturday morning cartoons. And it's an homage. They are they're they're an homage to the cover of Secret Wars, the incredible, timeless cover of Secret Marvel Superhero Secret Wars number one by Mike Zack. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I had to, I was like I saw this earlier. And I was like, yeah, I got to put this in there for for certain obvious reasons. <laughs> That's so. a really cool like adaptation, you know, in Saturday morning animated style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just think if they actually had something like that back then. Mm-hmm. So that would been cool. Uh, but yeah, and that's going to happen. Did you say I can't remember? Oh, I did not say. Oh, I already closed the article. Um, well, this series is coming out, no? Yes. Uh, November 22nd. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yes. So we talked about this uh, before, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that for, for that. So, all right. Now then back to what we got going on with the, the toy corner stuff. Um, Dynamite offers fire and ice game. Uh, he says that uh, it's based on the animated film by Raf Bakshi and Frank uh, Franzetta, which can be played as a board game or as a role-playing game. Uh, this is news coming out of Gen Con, of course, so not surprising. Uh, the game is set to release in May. Uh, the game, actually, funny, in, well, the game is inspired by the film's screenplay, which was written by a couple of names you might know, Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway, which chronicles the plight of the Kingdom of Fire against the glacial sorcery of the evil Nord Necron. This is an old 80s uh, thing. I can't remember the last time I've actually even seen that thing, if ever. Um, so that's uh, part of that I did not know, actually. Um, both Marvel staples. Uh, but yeah, apparently back to the game though, it is uh, the, the heroes of Firekeep struggle against the armies of Ice Peak against multiple maps. It uses a combination of card play and dice to resolve battles from the film using miniatures. So, you know, if, if that hits any of your checkboxes, you can have at that when it releases there is no date it's a is a kickstarter campaign from uh that is going to uh that is happening this month i guess it may or may not already be going on but i don't see a link to it so anyway next up is this some video game stuff it is okay so uh fall guys I'm like, is this the Lee Majors TV show? <laughs> Fall Guys reveals Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. So developer Mediatronic is no stranger to crossovers in Fall Guys. So uh, it's gotten some uh, crossovers from the WWE and so on. Recently, 
Mediatronic announced an upcoming crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that will kick off today or yesterday. Uh, the, day, the, the start of this recording on August 17th. So the drop includes costumes for all four of the Turtle Brothers, and players will also be able to pick up themed wearables, emotes, a celebration, and more. The bundle will be in the Fall Guys shop until August 31st, so there is some time to jump in and get yourself some turtle power in this game. What is Fall Guys about, if you don't mind my asking? Or if so, you know. If you don't know, I'll... No, no, I do actually know. I've played a good bit of it. So Fall Guys is pretty much a, a multi... Uh, Think of it as a multiplayer game show, let's just say. It's you versus um, a bunch of other people going round for round until you either make it to the end of the round or into the last round and be the last one standing or, you know, you get knocked out some kind of way. There's a bunch of mini games that you end up doing, uh, you know, going against other people. Um and you know, people dress up. Now, you got the, your your characters pretty much little bean looking figures, and they can that's got costumes and whatnot that you can that you can get. And they like they definitely have been doing crossovers with other things that you could uh, with other properties that you could do. So it's a fun game. It's a, it's a it's a pretty fun game. I thought I think so, and it's still going strong. So that's that's uh, pretty good. Um, I'm smiling right now mm-hmm. because guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Okay. The latest updates to Threads allow us to switch between accounts. Oh, nice. It's about time! Congrats to the five of you that are on Threads. Let me stop. Oh, wait, I apologize. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the wrong thing. Oh. False alarm? Yeah, false alarm. Damn it! Damn it, Threads! Maybe soon, sir. Maybe soon. Come on, Threads. <laughs> Come on, Threads. False right. alarm. Uh, I thought it was something else. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you heard any of what I said about that, uh, about the, the game, but yeah, that's that. But I did. I heard that stuff. Okay. That's, you know what? It's, it, it, I'm glad people like this stuff. It's a free-to-play game if anybody's interested in it and hadn't played it, but uh, <laughs> at, at this point, you know, people, anybody's playing it, it's playing it. Um... Next up, though, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin officially revealed through a teaser trailer uh, recently. Uh, this was at THQ Nordic's Digital Showcase, which I know I keep forgetting to to check out something uh, to see what else they had going on. But um, we've talked about this uh, particular video game that uh, that is coming, and now there's a teaser trailer for it that uh, folks can check out. Um... Uh, if you don't know about who the last Ronin is, man, you're you're behind on some good uh, on a good story. That's all I can say. Um, but uh, there is no doesn't have a release window, so we don't know when it's coming out. But we do know it's coming to PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X, S, and S, X and S, excuse me, and the PC, uh, according to this article. Uh, the title will feature a mature tone, which should be exciting for fans of the comic series, but Rosen, who I guess is the head of Paramount Global, made it clear back in March that the game was years away from release, so we probably won't see this until probably 2025, 26, I guess. And sometimes that happens. Um, but yeah. And last but not least, 
Last but not least, the official Renegade Game Studios website has been updated with the announcement of an upcoming Transformers Robo Rally board game. So Robo Rally is a racing board game which now will introduce Transformers characters into the game. Um, so let's see here. So coming in 2024, Renegade will release the Transformers Robo Rally game featuring classic Robo Rally gameplay mixed with iconic Transformers characters like Optimus Prime and Megatron. Um, players will be able to choose between six different Transformers robots, each with their own personal upgrades that give them unique advantages and identities. Players will convert between bot and alt or vehicle modes to better navigate the many roads, buildings, and obstacles that make up each race. The game will also feature four completely new double-sided game boards representing the city and desert landscapes. Okay, so um, that's cool. There are no images of the game yet, but uh, they'll be out. No, so so uh, you know what? I know that there are some people that will absolutely positively look forward to that. <laughs> uh, why, why are you looking at me? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh wait. Oh. Okay, that's just the game. Okay, never mind. Um. Yeah, I saw that. Was, so this came along the same line, uh, same time as that GI Joe's Axis and Allies uh, game that we talked about last last show. Right. But I didn't right. see this then. So I'm like, huh? That's interesting. I saw that was tacked on at the end. I was like, "Oh wait, that I guess right. that was related." Right. They must have just yeah. They must have just tacked this part in. I'm like, "Okay, that's a little lazy, but all right, sure." <laughs> uh, and that, folks, is it for the news. Actually, so can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night is for Funko Fun at First Sight, your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world famous pop vinyl bobbleheads apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. Oh, goodness. Where's my cash register when I need it? And that, folks, brings us to the end of another uh, show here. We will be back next week um, uh, for another show. There was, uh, I feel like I there was something I'm neglecting to mention in response to something Agent Seventy said, like not too too long ago, but I don't remember what it is. So it's probably just as well. Probably some dumb reference none of us needs. <laughs> ah. Oh wait, now I remember the um the the unknown stunt man. Uh, this is this was the, that game has nothing to do with the unknown stunt man. Oh, uh, the fall guy, yes, yes who, who made Eastwood look so fine. There you go. I still remember that show, and I remember the theme song, and I'm not going to sing it, because uh, you can go on YouTube and get all of that stuff. Anyway. Uh, wait, wait, was Heather Thomas in that one, or was it Heather Lock? It was Heather Thomas. Uh, wait, no, no. It was Heather Locklear. 
Was in the Fall Guy? I can't remember. Yes, I think it was Heather Locklear. There might have been a might have, might have been two of them, but I'm fairly certain it was Heather Locklear. I, I feel relatively confident. Yeah, it was that. Heather Locklear. It was Heather mm-hmm. Locklear. Good for good for us on remembering Heather Locklear. You know, some things you your childhood, man. You some things you don't forget. <laughs> you 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 may not forget Daisy Duke. You definitely may not forget forget Heather Locklear, uh, depending, depending on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Linda Carter, and also Linda Carter, especially. Yes, indeed. So, folks, like I said, uh, uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, there's a few other names I could have put in there for my own edification, but we're not going to do that. Um, next week, we got Ahsoka, Star Wars Ahsoka uh, premiering. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. And um, yeah, it is coming out on Wednesday, so we'll definitely be able to talk about, or at the very least, talk a little bit about the, uh, the show. We can't get into spoilers, but hey, when do we ever, when stuff like that happens? Right. Uh, so with that, folks, uh, this, well, excuse me, I have been Rydicat. Uh You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. I am not calling it an X. Screw that company. Agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram and threads. Multiple accounts, threads. Get on it. Oops. Someone needs to do a hostile takeover of uh, of X uh, leverage style. I would appreciate it. Thank you. If you got some jazzy music to go along with it, I would also appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah, let's go steal a social media company. Uh, PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Network on Twitter, Pop Culture Network dot com is always on both sides therein. And. Uh, uh, Tim o- Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Chronicles Twitter account, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, theclicknation.com, and over at comicbook.com, uh, where he was over there writing his face off. Look for him under Timothy Adams. Uh, oops. Uh, with that, you can find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the coast of the podcast network SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like and subscribe and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And of course, uh, every mostly every Thursday night, nine thirty ish Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Saving Time. Either way, we're in the East first, and when the East is in the house, you should come equipped. Um, but danger, uh, exactly. Uh, but we record on that day at that time on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's youtube.youtube.com slash the Click Nation and twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and click on the notification button so that you are notified when we are on recording. Indeed. There we go. Uh, and with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace one. Wakanda forever! 
you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your email? 